That's the takeaway. It's Brad's complaining about in-mails and emails being junk because they're just not respecting time. And it's not a Brad personal thing. It's anyone. In your marketing, if you're sending stuff out, think about if it serves a purpose to help you meet a business goal. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are you feeling this week, buddy? Easy answer, Brad. One word, thankful. Thankful for what, Matt? Probably the things I take too for granted too much. You know, health, family, you know, house, food, not having to worry about a lot of that, luckily. Podcast listeners? Of course, podcast listeners. You know, they tune in every, so, hopefully every two weeks, religiously, even if you don't, if you're, you're on demand every once in a while. We appreciate that. And we're, we're, uh, we're open to all holiday cards or gifts. Please send our way. We are. Send them courtesy to Insights. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see what you send us. Matt, let's get to the show. Is unicorn content responsible for most of your website traffic? Matt, you sent me a great article on Twitter the other day from Ahrefs, where they said that 34% of their website traffic comes from just four pages on their website. Matt, walk us through what unicorn content is, and then let's look at the data. I did slide in the Brad's direct messages with, with some great content here. But unicorn content is, you know, we've talked about on past episodes of Insights, and it's it's the content that stands out. That's you know not a literal unicorn, but a figurative unicorn. And let's think about if we publish fifty two blogs in a year, one per week, only a couple are going to stand out. They're going to hopefully do really really well. We want all as many as possible to stand out, but a couple are really going to resonate with your audience and. That's where what unicorn content is. It's content that really stands out from all of the the library of content on your website and can really help drive some nice results in your digital marketing through your content strategy. Unicorn content is that number one single that a band releases. It's that best-selling book. You can put out hundreds, thousands of articles a year, whatever it might be. There's going to be certain pieces of content that just cut through the noise that people actually want to listen to, want to read more. Greatest hits, if you will. Ooh, I like that. You're going to have a greatest hits of content on your website. And we, as content creators, need to be okay with that. And when we look at our website, when we look at our traffic, we need to understand that some content is going to resonate very, very well with our audience. And some might fall flat. And Matt, when we think about the Ahrefs example of 34% of their traffic coming from four pages... How might staffing and recruiting firms look at that data? How might they figure that out themselves? You would want to go to your Google Analytics, which hopefully are installed on your site. It's a piece of code from Google that shows all your website traffic, et cetera. You would navigate over to where all the pages are inside your Google Analytics to see what's getting a lot of page views. It'll stand out from the crowd if there's unicorn content. You'll have a baseline of page views every week, every month for your your content, especially the new content. But if something stands out, you will know. It will be plainly obvious as one of the top pages in your list of most viewed pages on your site. I think there's a a secondary level to that too, is once you identify unicorn content and you 
identify the pages that are getting the most traffic on your website, you got to make sure they're doing something. Are they converting? Are they driving people to the pages that you want them to? Are they built with some sort of conversion funnel so that somebody isn't just reading an article on resume tips, but then they're navigating to actually apply to a job or contact your team? So it's great to understand that, yes, there are going to be articles, blogs, resources on your website that stand out from the rest that are this unicorn content. But then you need to look at what those pages are doing and are they then driving people to take action? There's a lot we can do here. It's driving people to take action, but then also let's say you have a couple blogs from 2021 that really stand out. Can you you can then link to other content that might not be as well performing but is relevant, hyperlink it in that unicorn content blog. So let's say I have this blog that's doing awesome. It's unicorn content, number one on my site. Maybe blogs that are number eight, number 10, maybe number 20 are relevant, applicable to it. Put a link in there because a lot of people are going to that uh, that unicorn content blog, gain some traffic for the rest of your pages on your site, which is will drive more traffic for them. But also it'll increase the amount of time people are spending on your site. A bonus of that, that's a great ranking signal for Google and your search engine optimization. Internal links are great for SEO. It's also great for the user experience. If I'm reading about how to improve my resume, easy topic, and you have eight other topics on improving your resume just in different ways. You know, should you include your academic history? Should you include references? Should you include just formatting, right? And you have this library on your website, then having that built into your best article as almost secondary chapters that people can link out and read more information is great for the user experience because it gives them more. If they have questions, they know to continue to look at your website for those answers instead of going somewhere else. So Matt, is unicorn content responsible for most of our website traffic? Yeah, it is. There's going to be pages on your site that instinctively get more traffic than others. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that we don't want to create other pieces of content because we don't know what else is going to become another track on that greatest hits. We need to make sure we're continuously adding to that. And most importantly, we need to make sure that that unicorn content is driving people to take action. We don't want just to have people reading articles, looking at resources. We want them to then apply for a job, give you a call, reach out, contact you directly. Matt, you told us you have a PPC discovery that could help every staffing and recruiting firm. I'm excited. I think I know what you're going to talk about, but talk to us about it. It's on Google. Okay. It's, it's exciting to see that customer match is returning for a lot of accounts. Talk to me about customer match. Customer match on Google is where you can export your CRM, your ATS database of candidates, probably email addresses, and then upload that into Google. So if Brad's email address, Matt's email address is in your database and also a Google email address, that now becomes your audience. So let's say we have 10,000 email addresses to upload, 50% of them match. Now your advertisements could show to the 50% 50 of people who are in your database, but also have a Google email address. I love this. We've been doing this on Facebook for years. We were doing it on Google. They took the ability away. They're bringing it back. I love this. Matt, we've talked on Insights countless times about more effectively using your candidate database. This is a great way to do it. Serve ads to your candidate database. Serve ads to your prospect database through Google, through Facebook. 
you have curated a database of individuals, surround them with great messaging to make them come back and take action with you. It could work really well, you know, on the display side. You know, we'll have to see how many of these areas it could work with. We're a little theoretical here right now, but different ads you could show on Google. Display side, those banner advertisements on other websites. YouTube pre-roll ads, that could be really good with people spending a lot of time on YouTube. If your ads only show to the people in your database, that'll make you more competitive. It also could make you more competitive in a Google search ad. If you're really trying to compete for a popular, competitive search term, jobs in Buffalo, New York, about as simple as it gets, you're not going to have the budget to compete with Amazon, Walmart, whoever. They're going to be zeros bigger than you. But if you're only trying to compete for those people that are in your database that are also on Google, you have a fighting chance. And we've seen reactivating your candidates or your website visitors, something similar here, converts twice as much as new people. And this is a great tactic Google has brought back. We had it a few years ago, went to only really, really big accounts, and now they're rolling it back out to the little guy. Tactically, I don't know if I have much more to add to this, Matt. I think you did a really good job wrapping it up and summarizing it all. For me, it's just super exciting to see a tactic that used to work really well come back. I love the thought of continuing to nurture and utilize a database that you've built. You've worked hard. You've spent marketing dollars. You've spent hours of work and labor making sure that you have a clean candidate database, a clean CRM, a clean client database. We need to be using it. And I I just had a call again uh, this week, Matt, with a client who, again, just wants new candidates, wants new people to apply. And I said, very simply, what are you doing to go back to that candidate database? And they said, well, we're not. Why? We need to use the database that we've built. If you are looking for the exact same type of individuals in a specific role, go back to that database. Go back to the people that you've put on assignment a year ago, six months ago, and redeploy them. Get them back out onto the workforce. So Matt, we have a great new PPC tactic here. What's old is new again. I'm all for it. If it ain't broke, don't break it. We can now look at using that database across Google. And if you're listening saying, how do I get started? What should I do here? We're happy to help. We're happy to help chat with you about that. We have numerous PPC solutions here at Haley Marketing. We would love to help you leverage pay-per-click advertising in your marketing and recruitment marketing strategy in the new year. Matt, we've talked about it before. We're going to talk about it again because it hasn't gone away. We have this segment that keeps popping up. What's Brad complaining about this week? I'm a pretty positive guy, Matt, but we've talked about this before. We've talked about it twice. We're going to talk about it a third time. We, as marketers, as individuals, need to stop spamming people's inbox and in-mail or else I'm going to continue to lose it. Matt, let me ask you this question. Do you get more junk email or junk in-mail? I get a lot of junk email. I get people who want to hire for us at Haley Marketing, which is weird because we're not a recruiting company or some. It's just a weird messaging or new tech. I get a lot of new tech, new solutions. I don't get a lot of in-mail. So um, maybe I just am not an attractive candidate on LinkedIn as Brad is because he apparently is going to go off here and vent about the random in-mails he is getting on a constant, annoyingly basis. I'm going to tell you, Matt, I have gotten very, very good at blocking people, whether it's in my inbox, whether it's in my in-mail, there's no second chance anymore. If it's a cold outreach and I don't know who you are, I don't know what product you're selling, 
it's an instant block, instant send of junk. And Matt, that might just be my behavior, but I truly believe your inbox, your in-mail is like sacred territory. You're having a message with somebody, right? This isn't this isn't a place just to continue to spam people. And the reason that I want to talk about this on Insights isn't because I want my email philosophy to translate over to our listeners. It's because as we're reaching out to candidates, as we're reaching out to prospects, we need to be better. And I hope there's not too many people on today's call thinking, oh, the best way to find candidates is just spam them with in-mail. I hope there's not that many people thinking that right now. But for the one of you, two or you, one or two of you who might be thinking that, we need a different approach. We need strategic marketing. We need to nurture our candidate database. We need to understand that at the other end of that in-mail, the other end of that email inbox is a human being who has a lot going on in their day and they just want to be communicated to effectively. So Matt, I don't know that I got much to add here, but in-mail and email, we need to treat like sacred territory and we need to treat the person on the other end, the recipient's time more valuable than our own. I could take it a step further. I, you know, it's the modern day cold call. I think I've talked about that before on here, but it is, but I think I would, I would prefer a cold call at this point. I don't get those at all. I just get spammed my email and my email. At least if someone's going to call me, I can at least hear them for a second or two and, and make it as, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want junk phone calls either. I, t- I, I take that take back. The, the smile and dial, not good. But I think, you know, the cold call was a measure of input for success. Maybe that's what in-mail is now. How many emails did you send today, Brad? Oh, I sent 50. Great. Don't ask how many leads you got. But it also could be a part of these LinkedIn recruiter packages companies are getting to where if they have a certain amount of jobs per month, in-mails per month, they have to use them. And that's probably also where this is coming from, but it needs to be a better message and not just like the three flyers that are coming in my mail from the cleaning service, the political candidate, and something else here in my mailbox here that I'm going to go check here in a couple minutes. But yes, it needs to be a better messaging, better targeting, just better. As Brad is probably going to say, be better. Be better. Uh, there's a great book called Writing Without BS by Josh Burnoff. And I've quoted it multiple times to the team here. Uh, I've talked about it quite a bit on my own Twitter feed. But he talks about the iron imperative of writing, which is just don't waste time. Don't waste the reader's time. Treat the reader's time as if it's more valuable than your own. And assume that your reader is impatient and has other things to do. And if you treat every reader's time as more valuable than your own, you'll start writing shorter emails. You'll be more direct. You'll be more to the point. And you won't spam people because no one wants to be spammed. That's interesting because I'm doing trying to do more of that. I'm very bullet point driven, but... It's also, you know, the voice in the back of my head is, am I being too direct sometimes and not just like, what's the balance I need to find? I don't just want to fire it away and be rude with my not, you know, have a quick little, oh, hey, Brad, boom, go. Why not? Matt. So why not though? I don't know. I'm just, it's probably years of me thinking and just a philosophy there. I could see both sides of that, but I'm definitely being more direct because there was a client I talked to recently where they're contracts need to change for 2022. I said, Hey, Tim, here's some information before our call on, on Friday. Here's your new pricing model. I think it's an interesting point, right? Like, are you being too direct to the point where you sound rude? I think is a, is an incredible comment to make. Now, you know me, I'm incredibly personable, very outgoing, like to talk to people. 
But at the same time, I want to fire off probably 75 to 80% of my emails from my phone. And that means they're only going to be a sentence or two. Like every message should be, what do you need from me? What do I need help with from you? Let's figure it out and move forward. And, and I think that's it. And, and Matt, maybe we're, we're getting back into the, the philosophy of email, but I love this book, right? Writing Without BS. It's all about getting to the point, treat the reader's time with respect. We need to treat our candidates' time with respect. We need to treat our prospects' time with respect. And if we do that, then hopefully they'll convert and they want to give us their time and their attention. So that sounds like the takeaway for me. Go ahead. That's the takeaway. It's Brad's complaining about emails and emails being junk yeah, because they're just not respecting time. And it's not a Brad personal thing. It's anyone. It's in your marketing. If you're sending stuff out, think about if it serves a purpose to help you meet a business goal. He did it. Ladies and gentlemen, he got us there. We went from rambling about email to actually having a good solid take. When you think through having great messaging, great marketing, marketing, messaging, whatever it might be, whatever you want to call it, we need to make sure that we're getting to the point and we're clear and we're direct so that individuals know what it is that we're trying to achieve. Whether it's through your email, through your in-mail, through your PPC ads, your content, whatever it might be, we need to treat the reader's time with respect and understand that they are giving us their time every single time that we send them something. Just as we appreciate your time, your attention, and listening to Insights, We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. As we do every single episode, we want to thank you for your time, your attention. We know that you could be listening to any podcast on the planet. There are quite a few really good ones, but you chose to spend 20 minutes with Matt and I, and we can't thank you enough for that. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. To my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.